Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Sage Sayers. I'm your show host, Debbie Gardner McCullough, DG McCullough. I'm a narrative coach, a communications coach, and a mental fitness coach from New Zealand based in the fine state of Wisconsin. In each episode, the Sage Sayers unpacks communications, tips, and strategies, and we interview interesting individuals from all around the world who found the gift, the opportunity, and even some knowledge in life's inevitable challenges. My guest today is Marie-Louise Pereira. She's a wellness coach based in France. And she helps unsatisfied professionals stop the hustle, feel energized and confident in their value so that they can start a new chapter of joy in their career and in their life again. Marie-Louise is my dear friend. She's my colleague. We've trained together at Positive Intelligence and she's been on the Sage Sayers before to talk about her own experience with burnout, something that she has prevailed over, but she's turned it into a gift and an opportunity by helping others avoid burnout and work in healthy ways to connect with their work in ways that don't bring toxicity. So welcome back to the Sage Sayers, Marie-Louise. So lovely to have you here. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Debbie, for giving me this opportunity to raise my voice and help also other people. Oh, lovely to have you back, Marie-Louise. We've connected in between, but it's really lovely to have you in this space. The purpose of our today was really just to connect, but also to talk about something we've chatted about prior, and that was our relationship with our work and the relationship that we see our coaches having with their work, especially at a time of the holidays and especially at a time when we're going into the new Western calendar year, January 1st. And I'm noticing, and I think you're noticing too, there's a bit of an uptick in how all of us are relating to our work and our ability to switch off from it. You and I know as coaches that we do our best work when we're rested and recharged, but also when we're trying to minimize how much we check in on our work when we're not supposed to be there or not needing truly to be there. Mm -hmm. I wondered what patterns do you see in your coaching where people through whatever fear it is are just not able to detach. What are you noticing in the last six months or so? Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you for this question. It's really crucial, as you said, to really be able to detach from work. The people that I coach are very driven. They want to be professionals. I mean, respected and, you know, confident professionals. And their work is almost everything. You know, I am coaching people around Europe and here in Europe, people are maybe more taking the time to pause and take time with their friends, family, especially right now. So, you know, I have people that are able to detach from their work. But the thing that I am observing is that it's hard for them to not hustle and then take time off. They do hustle, they do a hustle, and for them taking off is like having some oxygen, putting the mask on, and going back to hustling. So I don't know if it's healthy, but what are your observations, Debbie? Uh, I'm seeing, like you, like there's a lot of hustle, and then people are taking the time off. But Mm -hmm. the interesting pattern, and it's kind of what sparked 
reaching out to you was even when a large chunk of my clients and even me a little bit to a, to a point, I'll be honest, in this past festive break struggled to truly switch off or they had to work just a little bit harder to permit themselves to check out from work. Mm. And so they had to create an intention that they had to hold themselves accountable for to detach. And even though their employers said, hey, you've got two weeks off, take it. Mm -hmm. Because the companies they're working for, you know, different things are swirling around for different people. But for those working at companies that are ramping up, because they're going to take their company public, for instance, or for those who have been promoted and they've inherited a very demanding or under-communicating boss that's triggering some fear in my coachee, they struggled. And I think when there is some fear that others may observe us as not productive, it's harder to not check in. Mm. So I wondered if, that's the case. What else do we need to do or say to ourselves to truly check out and not check in? I think it's really about self-discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, everything comes from within. Even if your company is giving you two weeks off, and here it's not only two weeks off, it's really five weeks off, you know, in France. So it's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, that um, is a lot. And it I is a lot. Two weeks, but I think actually now I say it aloud, it's probably truly 10 days. Wow. So it's not that long, but they're really struggling, Marie Louise. Like, yeah. that's one reason they came to coaching on my two last days. I opened up shop again just for the two last days of December mm. before I go back on leave for a handful more days. And they are worried that if they don't close the loop on something or worried that they if they miss, don't respond yeah. to a client issue right away, yeah. that it will flag something about them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking here, I think about the fear of missing out. Yeah. The fear, fear of missing out and fear yeah. of a negative narrative getting formed. Mm. In their mind. Yeah. Right? Well, in the minds of those who have some power over them. And I think this is where it gets a little sticky because the economy is shaky, right? Right. So at a time when there is some legitimate fear of losing your job, there is some legitimacy to that fear. Is it okay to, is it serving us to still check in? It just kind of gets a little murky, I think, when there's Mm. some legitimate fear that drives the inability to check out. Yes. Absolutely. But I am always asking the question, do I want to let fear Mm -hmm. get over my life and drive my decisions? Mm -hmm. Or do I want to create a life and lead my life in a much fulfilling and creative and satisfying way? Yeah. That's a question I ask them, by the way, but uh, I know it's hard. The context is not easy, but. I think you're right. And so it's kind of these reflective self-coaching questions almost that we need Mm. to ask ourselves, like, do I want fear to drive how I relate Mm. to my work? Mm. Is this the life I want to lead, one living by fear? What else? What else could we ask ourselves in those moments? I'm wondering if another self-coaching question might be, Mm -hmm. what is this feeling here to teach or remind me? 
True. Yeah. And also it's about, I mean, for me, life is short mm-hmm. and I want to take the best out of it. You know, I mean, we were sharing that earlier in the episode. I wanted to burn out. And when you go through that period of time, life is precious. You know, there's also other things than burnout, but um, other challenges. But life is so precious. How do I want to spend my energy, my time? What's important for me? So really aligning with your values. Yeah. Yeah. What do I want to be proud of? I mean, I'm 80, 90 years old. I'm looking back at my life and what do I want to be proud of? Yeah, that's another great reflective mental fitness question. What's the legacy I want to leave behind? Exactly. And looking back at my life as an 80-year-old version of myself, how would I want to look Mm. back at how I spend Mm. this time? Exactly. Uh, You you mentioned discipline. I love this word when it comes to disconnecting from work. And I wondered, how do you exercise discipline to Mm. not work? when you need to restore and when the rest of the country is shutting down with you? Mm. Well, for me, physical exercise is very important. So I feel actually that my body is not okay. So I go, you know, usually into nature, I do some yoga or some stretching. I do meditation. You know, the only thing, the advice I would give is really to check in, Mm -hmm. to really check in and Take the time to pause and to say, okay, what do I need right now? How am I feeling? Mm-hmm. And then I'm not very strict on my plans and routines. And it's really more like intuitively based, like what do I need right now? It's more mm-hmm. the type of, you know, and I don't need a very rigid structure to really I mean, it depends on people also. It depends on your personality. Sometimes some people really want structured and set times in their agenda to jog, to go to the gym, to meditate. Or Actually, you need to know yourself, you know, the best you can. And as part of that, when it comes to discipline and having the discipline to not work when you're wanting to restore, Mm -hmm. as part of that also. Yeah. Knowing what would lead you to work, for instance, I was Mm. thinking, gosh, I bet it's going to be quite hard for me to shut my work down. I was thinking this as we approached December 25th. and But I found that if I did a couple of things to encourage that disconnect, Mm. it did help me feel more disciplined. For instance, I Mm. just simply went into my Gmail at Spreader Up, where I'm working full-time now Mm. as a coach, and I just put on a vacation sender alert. And then I just told myself, Debbie, do not check email. Mm -hmm. Don't check email. Don't even check in. And having that vacation sender helped encourage me because I didn't have the niggling fear that someone had written to me and I wasn't responding. Mm -hmm. So that was helpful. But your discipline was to not check in. Yeah, I wanted to not check in because I knew that if I did check in, even if it was just for a few minutes, it was still pulling my mind back to my work. Mm -hmm. And I love my work. And I think that's another challenge many face, right? I actually love what I do. It doesn't feel like work. Exactly. It doesn't feel like work. Exactly. Yeah. It's my joy and passion and my honor. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm living the work and dream I always dreamt of. And yeah. 
So that is harder, but I knew I needed to restore and have my mind separate from work mm-hmm. to really recharge and to be really with my family too and with myself and with nature. Mm-hmm. Having that vacation sender was one piece of the discipline, but I think people really struggle in this space with this discipline. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's also having an accountability buddy. Like I'm oh, thinking, yeah. I'm thinking mm-hmm. back before I worked at Better Up, a private client practice client, he had a real struggle not checking his phone and not responding to emails after work. But he and his wife had young children. He knew he was removing time away from them. So he asked his wife to help hold himself accountable to leave the phone at the door when he walked into their home. And he rode his bicycle to the Air Force where he was working. He was an Air Force member. He rode Mm -hmm. his bicycle home. And by that, so that gave him exercise and invigorated him. And then when he came in, he put his phone in a basket at the door and Mm. asked his wife to hold himself accountable. Mm. What say you to this approach? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you need to know yourself. If you know that you need to have an accountability partner, a buddy, Mm -hmm. do -hmm. this. Do this. I know that I don't need that because I'm maybe a little bit more self-disciplined or have this, Mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know if it's a strength or whatever, but do what you need to be successful. Yeah. It doesn't matter the how it's really the, you know, it's the, the, the purpose. I mean, the, the end goal. Yeah. The end goal is to have work life boundaries. I think too, Mm. now I'm thinking it through definitely mental communications and mental fitness comes Mm. into play, at least on my side for healthy relationships with work, for instance, from a communication standpoint, if you decide I am going to not only detach on my vacation and really not check in, I'm also pledging to myself because I love my family, because mm. I love me, and because exactly. I need rest, I am pledging to not check my phone or email mm-hmm. from 6 p.m. until 6 a.m. Yeah. I think yeah. if you're going to do that, one thing that does seem to help me and others is communicate that to someone who may need to reach you in between that time. For instance, your direct manager mm-hmm. and maybe the team that you support. And then I think when we do this, it could be, and, and you make that message and service of you and them, for instance, so that I can feel fully restored when I return to work. Yes, I'm yes. not checking email between 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. Mm. And I would Call like you to do the same. Yeah. And I want you to do the same. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And uh, if an emergency arises, please call me, mm -hmm. but know that I will not check email. I think this piece is very important. And the second piece, I think also is what are you going to do from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. for yourself? Um, Yes. Yeah. And and what are the values I want to honor in that time? So, for example, you have family values. For, yep. you know, I don't know, discovery values. What are you going to do? Creativity, if you're yeah. going to paint or play exactly. the guitar yeah. or exactly. nature, if you're going to be hiking for some of that time. Exactly. I what, think that's absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Here's another time. piece that I'm curious about. What role, if any, does culture come into play when it comes to our struggles with disconnecting from work? So you mentioned, for instance, in Europe, people – really don't struggle as much as no. they do here in America. And I know the same yeah. in my motherland of New Zealand. New Zealanders, mm. I haven't lived there a long time, but from what I understand from growing up there, 
and with my ongoing relationships with my first family and my high school friends, mm. New Zealanders are excellent at switching off from work. Mm. The work culture encourages it with these long extended two to three week breaks at the end of the year. Mm. And they're paid breaks, by the way. But exactly. also the culture itself, it's summer at the end of the year versus winter here in North America and in Europe. But mm. also there's just this New Zealand way of really knowing work is work, stop is yes. stop. And yeah. you, when you're not working, you're really not working. In the States, this is a bigger struggle, but also with many of my clients from India and certain parts of Asia mm. where they absorbed from old bosses in their youth a very workaholic way of working and a very archaic kind of bureaucratic mm. relationship with work where you don't leave the office, for instance, until the boss has gone home. Mm-hmm. For instance, you work tirelessly and there is no understanding of quality. It's quantity, the hours of work. And it's this very mm. narrow defined version of excellence and performance and performance. it's all tied to workaholism pretty much. But we see that also in France, huh? With the, yeah. Uh, so executives. When, when you have a client who comes to you or someone you know or love comes to you and they cannot disconnect from that old entrenched lesson or old world view on mm-hmm. work and how many hours you ought to work, what what can we say to ourselves or how can we free ourselves from that cage? Well, yeah. Because it does come up in coaching, I've noticed. Like, mm. for instance, it comes up in ways where clients who grew up in that culture and their first job out of grad of school was mm. in that mm. kind of work culture, they f- struggle to take time off when they're sick, for instance. Mm. They will go to a meeting in a fever and yeah, not a remote meeting. They're not hurting anyone else, but they're hurting themselves because they're fearful of telling their boss, I don't feel well. Mm-hmm. And yet it's not, it's totally related on this old relationship with work. Yeah. Their new boss and their current boss, my client will tell me, encourages time off whenever you need it. Mm-hmm. Unlimited, whatever you need, just come to work, do your work. But if you need to take care of yourself, take care of yourself. And yet this old entrenched view prevails. How do we coach to that? Mm-hmm. You know, also we are talking a lot nowadays since COVID about mental health and mm-hmm. mental care mental health care mm-hmm. and now people are aware of that and especially young you know gen z young generations they know how to stop i see the struggle more with the people that are in between 35 to 50 years old usually right and what i do i mean usually i address directly their mindset and their saboteurs what is preventing them from you know what are their beliefs about you know stopping work or taking a break that's a great question so what old or what lies Mm. you know what inaccurate beliefs are causing any unhealthy relationship with your work Mm. and how do you want to challenge them yes Mm. i think too when we're trying to challenge those old beliefs part of it is also asking ourselves what are just the facts because i think what happens is the hypervigilant saboteur gets really noisy in moments what the hypervigilant saboteur, the one that's yeah. has an intense focus yeah. on all the dangers in life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the what if. When you ask your client or ask ourselves to just focus on the facts, mm. just the facts, what's happening right now, Is it, it can true? be very powerful to say, well, actually, the facts are I have a fever. Mm. There is a meeting 
my boss is present at the meeting. Mm-hmm. My team is present at the meeting. But nobody has asked me to come to this meeting when I am unwell. In fact, mm-hmm. the work culture where I work discourages such things. Those are the facts. No one is expecting the person to go, but we have this old belief that we ought to go. Exactly. Yeah. I think, too, you know, what is the underlying fear? I think sometimes Mm. it's helpful to kick that log over and say, well, what's Mm. behind that fear? Mm -hmm. What are you really scared about right now? What is your judge convincing you may come true? Very powerful questions. And, And what is actually important right now? To me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great right. question too. What's important to me? What do I really value? Yeah. And giving them the space to think. And it could be a very emotional response. Like, I just want to feel better. Mm. It's such a beautiful thing to tell yourself that's all I need. Yeah. What do I need is another beautiful yeah. question. What do you really need? Mm-hmm. What do you really care about? And it could be my family. I think, you know, when I sure. think through the year, some of the big breakthroughs were just this growing reminder that my clients just really love their family very much. Mm. You know, they really had this very, the parents really just care for their kids and want to provide. Yes. And what is the impact by you not taking care of yourself? What are your kids receiving? What type of information are they receiving from your side? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's if you true. Don't take care yeah. Of what are you, yourself? what are you teaching your children? Yeah. Yeah. Or what are you showing them or reminding them? Yeah, absolutely. And then what do you want to show or remind them? Mm-hmm. It's about living a conscious life. Especially if you have kids, it's important to show the best we can, of course, the, to show the true path. I mean, the path of least resistance, the path of fulfillment, satisfaction, and um, peace. Peace, that's so true. And uh, something that's a couple, one more idea, and then I know we have to close our call and start our day. Mm. And uh, what the, the one idea was about immigrants and those who have left everything they've known behind, the mm. motherland in which they grew up, the friends and family and community that they built there, and come to a new land to make a new life for themselves. Mm. I think in, for this particular demographic, and I'm blessed and privileged to coach a lot of immigrants who have come mm. to this country, America, or they've gone to your different parts of Europe mm. from America mm. or New Zealand, for instance. Mm-hmm. And they really struggle with healthy relationships with work because they feel that their whole purpose in moving here was to make it big. Mm-hmm. And if they don't make it big, then they ought to go home. And this make is, it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have given up everything. And I get that feeling. I feel that way too as an immigrant mm-hmm. in America. I did leave everything behind to come to this land. Actually, it was Japan first and then America. But it does, the stakes do feel higher. Mm-hmm. But even with this group, I think if we go back to the mental fitness pieces, you know, what is your sage telling you? Or even what are you, if you say yes to this, meaning still being attached to your work during break, what are you saying no to? Mm-hmm. And maybe trying to get us focused again on the big picture. What did you come here to do? Mm. And what do you need? What does your body need from you for you to do it? Exactly. Mm -hmm. But it is tricky. It's very, very tricky. Our relationships with our work are very emotional ones. Don't you agree, Marie-Louise? Yes, absolutely. Just very quickly, and before we close, maybe my grandfather came from Turkey to France. He was 25 years old. 
And he came to France to make it, to make it big, right? Like, as you said. And you know what? He was very involved with work and he didn't want to get married until he was stable and secure financially. And eventually he got married, but he was already like 38 years old. And at that time, you know, I'm talking about it was 70 years ago. It was late, right? So, yeah, think about it. It's like, are you giving 10 years, 11 years of your time, energy just for work? And that's it. Is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah. Is the cost worth it? Yeah. And what is my cost? What is my cost? Exactly. I wondered, Marie-Louise, thank you so much for coming to the show. And I wondered, how do you want my listeners to find you? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for asking me those great questions. And while that's very simple, I think we can connect through LinkedIn. You can find me there, Marie-Louise Pereira. And of course, you can text me, message me, DM me, ask me questions. I will be very happy to connect with anybody. Oh, thank you, Marie-Louise. And just in in a short minute, what would be your closing advice? or guidance to those who really want to go into Mm. this new year in the Western calendar year on January 1st with a Mm. renewed relationship with their work, what would you offer them? You know, I would tell them to just take time to reflect, take time for yourself to reflect, pause, and assess what is really important for you and what would really make your life much easier and more peaceful for this coming 2023, you know, keeping in mind that it's not something that we will succeed maybe of, you know, doing in 2023, but it's at least, you know, going on this path and taking the steps towards our dream is the most important thing. It's really to be in action, even if it's, you know, step by step, small steps. It's really about being on this path of conscious living. And, but for that, you need, of course, to restore, reflect, and pause, you know, a little bit. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Marie-Louise. Lovely having you on the show, and I'll have you back. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you all. Bye-bye. been listening to DG McCullough with The Sage Sayers, a podcast on business communications and mental fitness, finding the sage approach to life's challenges. If you'd like to coach and train with me on any communication or life challenge, visit my website, hangingrockcoaching.com or find me on LinkedIn with the hashtag Brave Communicators. Both links you'll find within the show notes. I want to thank my producer, Doton, for his elegant edits, making these episodes beautiful in ways far beyond my skills. You can find Doton on Fiverr under Titan32. And thank you to my coaches all over the globe who spark creative ideas for each episode. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.